0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode with yours truly, Kia Orion, the man who is obsessed with making, I'm so sorry y'all, old habits die hard. I'm going to kick it to you straight. I just shot a bunch of content and it was plugged into the outlet and the power went out so I'm rocking off of what little battery power I have. So I have a bunch of things I want to talk to you about but I only have 75% battery left and... These are knockoff batteries. These aren't like the the typical, you know, normal Sony brand. So we're gonna have to keep things moving right along, which might be nice. That may not be that typical windbag that I am. So that being said, there's a couple things I wanted to talk to you about. First of all, shrine baby, check that out. I finally got it in the shot. Couple things you want to talk about shrine a little bit later, but I figured out how to get this in the shot. Hopefully this lighting's a little bit better too. I'm also rocking off some new audio. I'm, I'm using a this Rode Wireless Go, shout out to Rode. If you wanna sponsor these videos, I get maybe uh, eight to nine downloads a month, so, you know, we're talking serious LTV over here. Um, but, with that said, tell me if the audio is whack, tell me if the video is whack, but we're just trying stuff. So here's the deal, y'all, I'm gonna hit you with a quick and dirty, I got some talking points right here, we're gonna to get to, the first one is, I'm finding my groove. Now, being a Mysore, things have been, way better for me compared to if you watched any or listened to the last podcast. I was having a bit of a difficult time with my relationship with India just because it was kicking my butt. And I think that's understandable starting in Bangalore, but got a little too big for my britches, served me a big old piece of humble pie, and I dipped and went to Mysore, which is this smaller. I don't want to say small, but it's a small city about you know, two and a half hours by way by train. What I didn't know was that Mysore is actually like the capital of this type of yoga. It's like Ashtanga yoga or something like that. So they're actually, I'm in a neighborhood called Gokulam, and there's actually quite a few foreigners around, which is interesting. Like I see a lot of white guys with dreads, a lot of cool, um, like, Thai character tattoos on women, a lot of messy buns, a lot of Lululemon, a lot of real spirituality, you could say. Um, And I don't say that to discredit um, the people out here, but that's a talking point that I'm going to get to in a bit. Is Sometimes it can get a little much for me, but maybe that's um, a sign that I need to do more searching for my own spirituality. It is what it is. Talking point for later. Anyways, I'm doing well. I'm finally settled in. I've been rocking and rolling. Um, I'm I'm feeling like I'm finally hitting my groove. I'm, I'm making some friends, I'm working a lot, and that's something that I want to talk about was what am I actually working on these days outside of the YouTube channel? YouTube channel is still going strong. Strong meaning I'm producing well for it, not in terms of subscribers or view count, but I'm just rolling with it, embracing the process. But there's something that I've really fallen in love with lately. Two things. One is writing, which I probably told you about if you've been following this at all. That's kind of one of my big motivations for coming out here, was to have the time and space to create. And a lot of that was around writing. I've really fallen in love with writing these like creative nonfiction narrative short stories. Like I'm looking to like Raymond Carver, David Sedaris, who's another inspiration of mine, That David Foster Wallace, that are kind of these like observations on life that are wrapped up in nonfiction stories that are sometimes have a, like a, hum- they're sometimes humorous, sometimes a little bit heartbreaking, but they have this kind of humorous undertone, just just ideas about life and, and reflecting on experiences that work as kind of like a therapy for me. But I've really struggled to turn them into anything. I I kind of start with a bang, have some cool ideas, but can't really make it into anything cool or cohesive. And so I recently signed up for an online workshop, online nonfiction um, workshop that starts this week, which I'm really excited about as well as Poetry, because I think it comes with the verse writing. It's almost these two different parts of myself where I have like the nonfiction kind of humor writing, just like thinking about life, and that's why I love stand up comedy. Then I've also got this very sensitive kind of emotional side, which is why I loved music, why I still love music, but you know, I was trying to be an RB singer, blah, 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 because I've got this really emotional piece, and so I've also signed up for a poetry workshop. So I'm kind of just creating my own MFA experience this year while I'm out here, at least for the next. Uh, eight to 12 weeks, and then we're gonna reassess from there. So that's kind of what's coming up in terms of work. I've just been writing a lot, a lot of poetry, a lot of nonfiction stuff. I've also been taking a lot of photos and videos. I've been falling in love with photography again. I think this was inspired by the Mexico City trip with my brother, especially black and white photography. My colored photography still, I think, needs a lot of work. I mean, obviously my black and white stuff does too, but there are actually some black and white photos that I take that I go, wow, and I I feel good about. And it helps me kind of get out and explore the city And so I have started to do these pieces where I'll put poetry and video, excuse me, I'll put photo and video to poetry. And they're cool. And so I think that this could be a potential rad avenue right now, honestly, I'm just throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks, I have no idea what I'm doing. Don't tell my mom. Um, So I'm just trying stuff out. And that's something that feels good. So I think I might actually start another YouTube channel called Keo Ryan Creative. And just put, like, my, like, artsy-fartsy, like, poetry photo shit up there. Because I don't think it fits. on like, the, the main channel is more about, like, relationships and how to, like, psychology and productivity and stuff. Which I love as well. But, like, the social science stuff doesn't exactly fit with the poetry photos. So, I'm just going to keep creating those as I go. And see where what happens with it. But really inspired making those. And so, I've just been inspired out here in general. Now that I've kind of found my groove, it's been really nice to just lean into it and so i went on a night photo shoot the other day and um just walked around this neighborhood and shot the other day and so it's been it's been really cool i think um one of the challenges i even have this on here too without that direction is kind of figuring out what's next and so I already had signed up for this, but within the kind of eight, 12 weeks, I'm kind of like really diving into this writing, kind of this photo stuff. And then I want, and the reason I came out to India, one of the reasons was I wanted to do this Buddhist retreat. And I'm getting the name off the top to Sheeta, I think. It was recommended to be by a couple homies. Shout out Ronnie, shout out Peli. And they are like, okay, you need to do this retreat, it's in the north. So I'm gonna finish up my my time here in Mysore. I think I've got three weeks left. And then I'm bouncing north. I'm gonna go to Delhi shoot photos for a couple days and then bounce up to Dharamshala for that retreat in mid-March. And then I'm thinking, at least at the time of this recording, I'm thinking maybe some Malaysia action because I want to go to Thailand, but if I only get two months, I might finish my trip there. And I just, I've been wanting to give Malaysia another shot, even being out here, eating red ride Indian food. I love Asian food. I feel like I could get that. I've been in Georgetown before for a little bit. I feel like I just need to... Give it another shot. I've been wanting to try KL. So I'm thinking maybe there's some Malaysia action in there, but I kind of got this. Two months, maybe more, we'll see, but like two months in India, little meditation action, and just like really dive into the writing and the creation. And I've eaten probably my body weight and curry by now, but uh, it is what it is. Um, if you tuned in last week, I told you that this is just a small update that I had a bum knee, I fucked my knee up, and I've been rehabbing that hard. So I'm feeling better. Thank you for asking. Um, that's a crazy knee program. Shout out knees over toes guy. I bought his program and it's been a game changer. I was like, it still hurts, but it's not nearly as bad. So I can finally walk around and take photos. And I'm just, I think that too, being able to like be more mobile gives me more hope. Plus being in a quieter place, gives me more hope. That's kind of, there's all these things kind of intertwined. Another piece here looking at my talking points is the men out here think I'm beautiful. I don't know what it is, but I've been—I uh, haven't had the right product market fit. We'll put it like that, I guess, for some time. I was trying with Latinas, and who I really should have been focused on this whole time was Indian men. I didn't think I had product market fit. It was an audience audience targeting issue, was really what it was. Uh, I don't know whether it's this weird Burt Reynolds mustache, whether it's just being a white guy. What it is? But like, and I wouldn't say once a day, but once every couple days, uh, man. Whether it's a taxi driver, it was the first time in my entire life, in my entire life, when somebody pulled over to the side of the road. This guy was riding a motorbike, came back around, and then like settled on the next to me. I was walking with my, gro- I was walking with my groceries home. I had like my big bags. Um, because I use recycled bags, of course. I'm not using plastic, What am I an animal? Um, I had these big, you know, recycled bags, and I was walking home, and this guy pulled up, and then he's like, hey, can I help you? He's like, do you want to ride? And I was like, nah, man, I am not over there." He's like, no, like, hop on the back. I was like, dude, I really like it. He's like, no, please. I was like, man, I was like, trust me, I'm good. He's like, okay. He's like, can I ask you something? I was like, yeah. And he wanted to know, you know, my sexual preferences. And I was like, nah, man, you know, that, that's not my vibe. But as someone who you know, does the same approach and talks to people on the street. I just want to admire your guts because I know how hard it is. But um, it was really sweet. And he was like, he he told me something. I forget what he said, but it was along the lines. He was just very complimentary. And I was like, this is what it must be like to be hot. Like you're walking with groceries and stuff and people want to help you out. Um, They actually just want to bang. But in the meantime, you can also... You know, we get help with your groceries. And then I got a, a rickshaw ride. I got like a taxi ride home and the guy stopped and I got it. He was like, you are so beautiful. He's like, can I get a photo? And I was like, please. I was like, I, I, I've been waiting 31 years to be objectified. I was like, I wish. I this is, my, this is my dream come true. I wish that I could hook up with a girl. And she was like, honestly, I just wanted to hook up with you because I thought you were hot. Never happened. Never happened. Right. It's always. And listen, I love it that, you know, people like me, for me, that's a beautiful thing, sometimes I just want to be objectified, you know? I would just want to be, like, the hot guy once in my life. And I am out here, baby. Fuck with me. Let's go, Indian men. I've been really, uh, I've been slacking. And so it's been kind of a beautiful thing. I feel like I'm fucking Tom Cruise. Maybe it's the mustache people think I'm Tom Cruise. But, like, I'll go out. I went to see these palace lights the other day. And guys will just come up and ask me for a selfie. And I had this before when I was in these small towns in Vietnam. I've talked about this before, kind of this sense of being other. But, like, there's this new piece where people want a picture with me, and then they'll compliment me. And it's, like, it's just cool. It's it's really cool. I understand, like, if you're a woman in New York, like, this is very slimy. And you're like, ah, fuck, I hate being told I'm beautiful all the time. And I know that that's a drag. But I've been waiting my whole life to be objectified, and it's actually fantastic. So that's kind of a nice sidebar about being here. Um, and so there's that. Next is, I wanted to talk about, we're gonna talk about the people here. <laughs> First of all, just, this is like a weird thing that I put up, like, so that's a great thing about living here, we'll put up, we'll kind of put it up like a one-in-one and, one, and we'll go one-for-one. One. one of the difficult things about living here has been, actually along those lines, has been, well, we might actually go two things, is, because it is so, I don't want to say sexually repressed, but it's so sexually conservative. That part of me, I talked about this last time too, has been like lopped off again. And maybe that's why I've been so focused. But it's just interesting going from a place like Rio or Mexico City here because it's so its so obvious. And I feel like there's this part of me that's kind of like alive and electric when I'm in those places. That's like awakened that here its it's super quiet. And... It reminds me, but I was like in Asia again, you know, like, but last time that there's something so intense about the the religion, the religious piece that it just permeates into the culture. And it's a beautiful thing because the safety isn't as much of an issue here or anything like that, but you can feel it. It's like this tangible sort of like, just, I'm kind of tiptoeing around often compared to like in Rio, I'm just like topless in the elevator and just like walking around barely without a shirt on. Because I've been wearing more clothes, even though this might not seem like it, um, it's been, I've been I'm like eating so much. It's not even funny. I've been just, my, my fitness has been bad. Maybe it's cause I haven't been able to move as much too, but your boy, like my appetite has been fucking nuts. I know this is like just turning into like a weird Kia's life update thing, but fuck it, you're here. So I'm just rolling with it. Um, another weird thing about being out here this is in the challenging category, cause I'm in this old house you know, it's beautiful as a shrine and stuff, but there are, the insects are, it's it's definitely a battle. One, the mosquitoes, I like right out this side and this, and you can't see it, but I'm pointing, um, is there's a tree that these mosquitoes love. And so I feel like I'm like, well, I have to wear long pants and socks in the house because otherwise if I'm just like working or hanging out, they just like devour me. And so reminds me kind of when I was in Merida in Mexico where it's like, it feels a little bit like all out war, but it is what it is. That's one piece. No, that was number two. Is the roaches and the roaches and Rio obviously are there anytime it's hot they're going to be out there. But because the old house, I normally have an apartment, so it's like I only have to take care of like one room or a room and a half or whatever it's not, like, so I can keep it clean. Here it's like a losing battle because it's like an old whole, old house, and so they are they are. A parent, we'll put it like that and it's been really interesting over the last week I felt I've never I normally am fine with them. Like I see them in real I'm like, oh, that's kind of creepy, but that's not they don't phase me too bad Because I've lived with them for the last five years in New York. I had them but they were tiny They were just like everywhere, but it's different than those big fuckers and the other day It was almost exactly a week ago. Now. I was brushing my teeth at night and I felt like something like on my back and it felt like something flew onto my back, and I was like, "Oh snap!" And I, I just like reached out and like grabbed it and flung it, I, just because it was like almost like automatic reaction, like reflexes. I was like, "Whoa!" And it felt like it flew onto me, and so that really meant. I don't mind them normally, but I've never been like sneak attacked. By one. I was like, "Dude, at least come at me where I can see you." Sneak attacked my back, and it was a big fucker. And then he, I saw him cause I'd flung him onto the washing machine. And I was like, you, I was like, I'm going to be right back. I'm going to try to kill you. If you, you need to hide or you're going to get killed. He got the memo. I came back, he was gone. And I was like, okay, cool. I woke up in the morning and he had died. Um, I think he was on his last leg. Maybe he was like one more, you know, fuck the patriarchy kind of, he wanted to, you know, give it a shot. Um, but uh, it was like, a sent after that night, I I I had this like abnormal like repulsion or fear to it where I was like I felt like I was just more aware and I was like Kia you need to get over this man like you got to learn to live with these fuckers cuz they're in the house like maybe not sneak attack you but like I was doing weird I started to have like processes in my house where I would be like I'd open my bedroom door and turn the light on without closing the door And then I come out and like close the hall, like turn the hallway light off. So there was always like one light on at any one time. I was never normally. I'll turn all the lights off in the crib after like 8 p.m. and just walk around with no lights and just use like you know streetlight from the windows and stuff because I'm on my circadian rhythm shit. But it was like it was almost became like OCD-ish where like there always had to be one light on or I would have. it, It was just it was it was too much. I was like, Kia, they're an insect put on your big boy pants, let's get over this. So I trapped one, um, and after it died, I put it in a little jar, and I put it on my like kitchen counter so I could look at it because last time that I experienced roaches like this was in Medida when they were actually in my apartment like this much, and the more that I, I found to get over my fear of them, it's exposure therapy, I think is what it's called. I have to like really embrace them. I have to like research them learn about them look at photos and if I can like keep one out and so I see it like all the time like this because the more I see it it helps make it like less like whoa when they just kind of sneak up on you or you turn the light on and it's there and it really helped again like learning about them and I learned I was watching these videos they're fascinating they're like Almost indestructible, which is pretty crazy. They can run like 200 times their. No, they can. The way that they run would be like if a human could run at 200 miles per hour. And I think that's part of why they're so fucking freaky is because they're so fast. God damn it, it's Jason Bourne. They're like so agile. And they. I was looking at this video and (laughs) it's actually kind of cute. I know that sounds. Strange maybe I've I've lost my marbles, but we knew that already was it was like a roach in a jar And it had like this pressure thing and it would come down and like squash it It would just like it wouldn't kill it It would just come down and push it and it was like little antennas would like and it's stuck there So it can't run around you're just like squashing this roach and they're so Because they're exoskeleton. It was funny. Like I was being cute. I closed my door and I was like maybe the door, it can't crawl between the space between the floor and my bedroom door because it's so, and I was like, yeah, I can't stop it. Watching this thing, they are so, they can flatten themselves so. I'm so sorry if you're like roachophobic because this is probably super creepy, but they can, because they can flatten themselves so thin, it's like the, they're, they're, it's almost impossible to create crevices that they can't squeeze through. And so to me, again, this is where I'm like, If you can't beat them, join them, sort of a thing. Like, I'm not gonna be able to roach proof this whole place. So, I have this bottle of poison that they left me, but I looked into it and, like, I'm probably more scared of that stat shit than I am roaches, because it's not like they're gonna bite me. The flying creeped me out. I looked into the flying, normally they don't do that. So, I think this was just one, you know, especially um, bitter guy. Um, And it was just really interesting, like, learning about them and you know that they're actually they're actually the fact that they aren't trying to hurt you i think to me is helpful that to me i see them like they're just they're scared of me they're out just doing their job they're like trying to like decompose stuff that like they're just working their nine to five you know they're just working night shifts that's you know they're working graveyard shifts they're probably tired they want to get home to their kids you know it's uh it's like a carcinogen you know because they're up all night and you know it's Dark. And so I just feel kind of bad for them. And so when I see them now, I understand, you know, they're just, they're just trying to make ends meet like everybody else, right? Just trying to get by. So I also learned that it's not great to like smush them. So I'm just kind of letting them rock, to be honest, as long as they don't fuck with me, it's like this mutual agreement I've had with spiders for a long time that I'm like, if y'all chill out in the corners and like, don't try to attack me in the night or anything, like we can coexist kind of together. And you catch flies and shit, do your thing. Roaches, I don't know, you clean up maybe. Um, We have this nice little ecosystem going on. But it was, what was really interesting was in the, the, the failed vision quest when I was outside and you're just kind of on the ground out in nature with a plastic bag and that's it. How there's something so potent to this is where we're going to get into, we going to use this as a transition in spirituality hippy-dippy shit. There's something so potent about energies. And one of the biggest recommendations that the people who had completed the um, vision quest before me told me was they were like, Kia, I was like, what do you guys do about the bugs? They're like, come out, and the first thing you do is you say a prayer to the bugs. And you're like, listen, I'm not here to attack you. I'm here to share your space. Like, Please be kind to me. I'll be here for four days and then I'll give you your space back. And I was like, that sounds crazy, but there's something so true to it that I remember when I was young even my dad we were like we're in upstate New York like gnats and flies are terrible and they're always like getting in your face and I'm, and so you'd have to wear these like big green hats that have like netting and shit if you're outside. And my dad would say, I forget what it was exactly, but it was something like if you ignore them, they go away. Like the more they know they're pissing you off, like the harder they try almost. Obviously, they're gnats. Like how big is their brain really? But it's it's really this idea of the mentality behind it. Like some placebo effect type shit or something. Where it's like if you believe that it's like you're fighting them, it's going to feel like they're against you. Where for me, the sooner that I can like relax, breathe and like embrace insects, a lot of the times, the the more it's almost like, the easier it gets and they almost like disappear. And I know it sounds so, it's super hippy dippy and I'm about to like rag on some hippy dippy shit here in a second, but to me, it's just like the realest shit ever where the more that I become less scared of them, kind of embrace them and just like let it rock and don't feel like every time I see one I have to kill it, that it's almost like they kind of just let me go and and like almost disappear. Maybe I don't notice them as much, maybe they do, maybe they're like, ah, this isn't fun anymore, I'm not pissing them off. But there's something so powerful about that, just like getting your mindset right around these sorts of things that um, meditation and things have really helped me with. Which is what I wanna talk about, sort of wrapping this piece up, um, is spirituality because I love spirituality, y'all know I'm about it, whether it's a plant. I think it's so interesting that no matter what community you're a part of, people swear by something. And I think we become so almost religious even about our diets these days, like whether it's keto or vegan or carnivore or, you know, um, what's that fucking other one, Uh, paleo. Like, it's almost like I do this and so you need to do this. And I just think it's interesting, especially with things like religion, how much people like feel like, bec- almost the same way. They're like, I do this thing in order for me, so you need to do this. Just the idea of missionaries I think is interesting. It's like, why do we feel like we have to convert people to what we believe? It's like, so much a mission that that's part of the name. Like, it's my job to make sure that you do what I want you to do. Just, it's an interesting idea. Um, and I feel like it can get that way sometimes, especially out here where the yoga community is really big around things like spirituality and other avenues. I think sometimes even with plant medicine, you know, you dive sometimes into these, these, these worlds, you know, even around ayahuasca and other stuff that it's like, um, you know, that they can – they're almost in direct opposition. Not direct opposition, but, I, you know, a lot of religious folks that I encounter think ayahuasca is like – The like work of the devil or something like that. And if you dive in these plant medicine communities, a lot of times there's like this spirituality that's based in like nature and you know, shaman and you know, herbs and seeds and stuff. And so to them, that is like the cure all. Um and just the fact that they both can exist to me is a sign that like neither one is the ultimate truth. And I think for me it's really about like how do we just hold space for all of it rather than any one of them needing to be the one that everybody does. Like I like the fact that that people believe in different shit and out here obviously this, the plant medicine thing isn't as big out here. It's, you know, it's God, it's the Hindu stuff. It's like all of the gods, there's the Buddhist stuff and yoga in itself is kind of like this, it feels very religious in that exact same way where it's like, this is what I do This is what works. This is what you need to do. Um, There's this guy, this little old Indian dude on my block who's super sweet, but I'll be like doing my leg rehab or something in the park nearby. And he'll come up and like tell me like what I need to be doing for my back pain. And I need to like swallow garlic right when I wake up. And listen, I appreciate it. I love that people want to help. I had this really nice uh, meal the other day with this girl, but it was. I wasn't sure if it was a date or not, but it was like so into, so into like intense about like yoga and needing to do it that I just, I think it's a real like human piece to us of like we we find things that really help. So I think it comes from a good place, but as someone who's really trying, I promise if we're friends, I know I'm fucking this up, but I really am trying, I swear, to like mansplain less, um, of just to be like, here's something I found was really cool and helpful, you can try it out if you want, take it or leave it, rather than it kind of being like a like gospel, I guess, you know? And really, the older that I get, the folks that I think I respect the most or that I look up to the most are the people that are so forthcoming of how little they know, that are so, like, that are so open to learning and discussion and discourse and changing their ideas. That it's like, to me, there's like this real power and confidence that comes from being able to hold space for other people if they think differently than you. What a concept. Facebook is probably gonna take this down because they're, who else here is for QAnon? But like, I think that like that's really important. And then also a lot of the people that I look up to and respect uh, that are like some of my heroes are ones that are folks that are constantly curious, that are always like, hey, I might be really good at this thing, but I don't know shit about this, and 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 are always kind of looking to challenge their beliefs. And so I'm kind of walking this fine line, especially at a point in my life where I'm kind of doing a bit of an identity rebuild, as it were, after you know, kind of unwinding from the music stuff and kind of trying to figure out who the fuck Kia is without that, or where I'm headed. Um, that has been challenging to be like who to make sure that I have pillars strong enough that I can stand on them. I want to have conviction about what I believe, and also to not um, become so wrapped up in any one thing that without that thing being true, it like it shatters the rest of my beliefs. And I think that that's oftentimes um, what, to me at least, I love about folks that I feel like have a real mastery of stuff. Is this, this, I think it's the same with martial arts. Honestly, I've talked about this time and time before, like real masters to me. Like think about Master Splinter, right? Or like Yoda, like these are, I, I wanted to say dudes, but they're, one's an animal and one's a green alien. So I don't, I don't know what to technically call them, but we'll just call them masters of like, there's this real calm and kind of humbleness to them. And they'll be like, here's some gems. You can take it or leave it it's not a big deal you know they're not like trying to like force it and it's like you learn your own lessons this is what worked for me i also think a lot of like the craziest martial artists that i've met like this like real sensei like sensei type folks there's this there's this like inner knowing you know of that they that they don't feel like they have to prove shit anymore you know it's like this real humble piece i remember there was this guy when i was training muay thai and he was this Thai dude, and he was so good, and he, we were just practicing drills, like I would never spar with him, he would just demolish me, but he was so sweet, and he was so kind, and like we'd run partner drills, and he was almost like thankful to me for training with him, and he was like some crazy kick your ass black belt, that that to me is just like really telling, and I know I'm belaboring this point, but my point being, um, there's an air around a lot of these Westerners out here, that sometimes rubs me the wrong way of it being kind of this like, not a little, not pious per se, but like, I'm not even sure if I pronounce that or use that word correctly, but I tried to slip it in, because I know I did study from SATs for a reason. And that kind, of, that kind of vibe of it being like, everything is too chill, and like super knowing, and that is like, it's almost to the point where I like the, the humbleness, but I also am so much in this reality that I think I've got that like New York City slant, even though I'm not from New York, but after spending some time there, I have like, I like spirituality, but I still like to be on time. I don't like to miss deadlines. I got shit I want to do. I got stuff I want to accomplish. And it's like this balance between like ever being present and like I'm right here and I'm flowing and also being like, yeah, bitch, like I'm ambitious as fuck. Like I got stuff I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to be broke forever. Like I got a schedule to keep, you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to do things that like, I think is this, this yin and yang that I, that I battle with. And I don't necessarily want to lose either one. I think it's almost like a time and place thing. And I think there is this sort of like disregard for like time and like plans and, you know, keeping a schedule or keeping, you know, a date that, that sometimes, I don't say riles me, but sometimes grinds my gears, you could say. Maybe I just need to do three hours more of meditation a day. So it is. Oh, All yeah, right, y'all, that's my, my pod for now. The battery's almost out. We got roach talk. We got religious talk. We got patella tendonitis talk. We covered a lot of ground. Um, I'm going to come out here, see if I can snag a couple more compliments over the next uh, couple weeks while we're out here in India doing the damn thing. Um, wage my peace war against the insects in my house and write my little heart out for the next few weeks while I'm jumping into these workshops. First writing workshops I've ever taken. Um, So I'm excited. I'm scared. But I'm not scared. I'll lie to you. I'm really not. I think the only reason I'm nervous is because I'm questioning if, is it like how crazy it's going to be trying to do both at the same time and run the two YouTube channels and take photos and stuff. But I know if I like them really better, I can do it. So I'm not scared, I lied. But I am um, excited about is having somebody just rip my shit apart and actually getting better at it. For some reason, the music stuff, I take really personally, for some reason, writing, I don't. So I'm excited to get better, Let's see where it goes. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I'll check you in the next one. Peace.